Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland, beaming out to you from Little Castaways Beach in Queensland, Australia. Joined today, uh, hands around the world, so to speak, it's Jose Palomino. Jose, g'day from, from down under. Very warm welcome, sir. Where are you hanging out? Right outside of Philly in a town called Newtown Square. So it's about 30 minutes west of Philly. Nice area to live. Sounds Newtown Square. Sounds lovely. Sounds very sort of homely and it is a lot, very tree lined and uh, developed about 50 years ago. So they didn't clear cut all the trees ah. out. So, so, yeah, so it's really green. Modern town nice. planning. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, enough of the local tour guide thing, but thank you. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I'm just interested, always fascinated with people, where people are. So for those of you who don't know Jose, he started Value Prop Interactive to kind of integrate business to business strategy, marketing and sales, because very often they're kind of siloed and they're not integrating together. And so people, you know, businesses leave a whole lot of money on the table because the different aspects of it, sales, marketing and sales, sales, sorry, strategy, marketing and sales are not really aligned with each other. So that's why he started Value Prop Interactive. He wrote the book, Value Propositions, and he holds his MBA from Villanova University, where he teaches entrepreneurial marketing. So topic today, this is going to be very interesting how to drive new revenue growth in your B2B business. And Jose is going to share with us how to do that in just seven minutes. Jose, our time starts now, sir. Tell us question number one, who is your ideal client? Ideal clients are B2B business, usually in an industrial category between, let's say, two and $20 million in revenue. It could be a little bit above, a little bit below that, but it's a business with infrastructure, personnel, and so on. It's what you might call a real business with, you know, bricks and mortar possibly, but definitely Yeah, it has that. Are... It, may, it may be very sophisticated online and so on, but it's absolutely making things, often making big, giant metal things or providing services for people who make big, giant metal things. Interesting. Okay. So tell us, question number two, six and a half minutes left. What's the problem you solve for those businesses? businesses? Yeah, generally it's when revenue growth get stuck. They hit a plateau. Okay. They just they grew from five to ten to twelve and then they hit twelve for two years, three years in a row. And they can't just move off that because they're busy supplying the the requests at that level and their eyes off the ball on marketing. A lot of them don't do a lot of marketing on purpose. They don't do a lot of sales on purpose. They're used to receiving big orders from a couple of big customers. Right. So really thinking about how do you get off that plateau is really one of the big challenges they face. And there's, yes, and, the, and there's a lot of vulnerability, isn't there, in having a, a couple of big customers because if they fall oh. over or go somewhere else, all of a sudden there's a man oh, yeah, scramble. Oh, yeah. And that, that 12 becomes nine, and, and they tell you about when they used to be 12. Right, <laughs> right, the good old days. Oh, right, the good old days on that plateau. So the heart, the, well, let's talk about the symptoms. Question number three is hyphen hyphen. So we've got these businesses, the plateauing, one of the symptoms, obviously, is that the revenue has plateaued or declined. But what other what other signs are there that someone in this business would go, my gosh, he's talking about us? What else is happening that would yeah. have someone listening to this go, I need to talk to Jose? I think one of the, the key things is margin erosion. You're supplying somebody loyally for years, right. and yet every year they're asking for three points, five points, whatever they can get from you. Right. And you never quite feel like you're special to them. They're special to you. But you're not that special to them. And you kind of feel like they'd go on a date with somebody else pretty quickly if the terms were better. So that's the feeling. So that's one of the real tells. 
The other is if you hear from a prospect, they try to get a new prospect. The prospect says, well, I just don't see what's special or different about you. Or they don't even see it. Like internally in their meetings, they say, why do we do any different in our category? Mm. If they can't really put their finger on it or they say something like this, well, we have 50 years experience. You know, or we really care about our customers or we deal with integrity as opposed to those other guys that put on the decal, don't trust us. Right. Uh, so, you know, so the reality is those are just table stakes of being in B2B business. People expect that you'll honor your contracts and your commitments and so on. Right. That isn't what makes you special. That's what makes you at all viable as a business in the category. Yeah, it's kind of the entry ticket to the race. So we've got these people and they've grown successful businesses. They're smart people. They're hardworking. They're dedicated. They want to grow. They're going to try stuff. So question four is, and just under four minutes left, what are some of the common mistakes that your typical client has made before they find your solution? Well, the most common is they try to attack, they realize the problem and they attack it in the most obvious way possible. Like, oh, we need to do a new website or we need to hire a web firm or we need a new salesperson or we need sales training. So they, they look for a point solution for something that is systemic. Yeah. Something's going on in the business and they haven't really put their finger on it. They're not asking the hard strategic questions like, is yeah. our value proposition really helping us stand out in the business? What does that even mean? What are our competitors up to? So as a result, they tend to spend money, sometimes a lot of it, right. on one thing. And so, you know, I'll find the client that's spending $100,000 on PR services in a tiny industrial niche where all the PR firm has gotten is pay-to-play placements, articles in the trade journal that nobody reads. Yeah. But they feel they're doing something. And yeah. As you said, they're smart people, but they're not necessarily marketing specialists. Well, well, they don't know what else to do. Let's take some ads out. Let's hire some public relations people. Let's do something, for goodness sake, which, frankly, is better than doing nothing. But they haven't addressed the tough strategic questions first about competitive advantage and the articulation of that, which is part of what you're helping with. Question five, two and a half minutes left. What's one valuable free action? I kind of like a great tip you give people that it's not going to solve the whole problem. They're going to need you for that, but it might take them a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. So this could be a flip chart. This could be on the back of a napkin. It doesn't matter. Ten things that you think are reasons that customers buy from you. Ten. Write them out. Ten right. things. Do it ideally with your team, if you can, together. Yeah. Just think, ten th let's brainstorm 10 things. Great idea. Then, then ask yourself, which of these 10 things can our competitors make an equally credible claim? Ah. Not that you think they're as good as you, but that your customer, your prospect would say, yeah, they could probably do that too. Right. And then strike that item off that list because it's just table stakes. It's not setting you apart. Right. And hopefully you're left with one or two things and that you can hang your hat on. You say, that's really different. We can do something there. So this is a, you can do this over pizza. You can do this over a cup of coffee. Right. Everyone should do it. Very few do. Brilliant. Yeah. And I love that idea of, because we all think we do things better than our competitors, but what is the marketplace? What's their perception? So you're culling the list based on that perspective, not our own. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Question six, 90 seconds left. Uh, actually, 70 seconds left, sorry. Valuable free resource. I'm going to focus the answer because I know it. One valuable free resource that's going to help even more. www.valueprop.com forward slash guides. What are they going to find there? Oh, they're going to find six guides designed for owners of B2B businesses ranging from how to make critical decisions to how to amplify their revenue throughput to how to make themselves competitor proof. There's a lot of good stuff there. Free guides specifically for our audience. Perfect. And I, folks, I know Jose's stuff because we've worked together before and it is absolutely top shelf and well thought through. So go get the guides. 
valueprop.com forward slash guides. 30 seconds left, sir. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? What's the key to sustainable growth? And the answer is... And the answer is realize that your business is a system. It's not just parts. It's parts working together. You wouldn't look at your car as just tires and a steering wheel. It's the whole system that makes it work. Right. Brilliant. And orchestrating the holistic process of, of the strategy, the marketing and sales is what helps to make that system work so well. Absolutely. Jose Palomino, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.